This episode of Geek Loves Nerd is brought to you by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn by me for pretty darn cheap. Check it out today. Go on over there. Tell them, Jen. Go there. It's great. It's awesome. Also brought to you by GoToMeeting and GoDaddy, where the code PODNAME121 can save you on your next domain name. Geek Loves Nerd, trying to find something in common since 1996. Where's your gold band? It's on the counter. What? The song is a lie. Our song is a big fat lie. Great. Awesome. Starting off with a fight. Hey, hey, this is Geek Loves Nerd, trying to find something in common. Since 1996, show number 71, brought to you the week of March 8th, 2010. Hi, I'm James, I'm the geek. And my name's Jen, I'm the nerd. Yeah, and where's your gold ring that you that I gave you on your left ring finger? It's uh, not on my ring finger. Yeah, I know. It's um. I showed you mine and during the song. But usually you don't have yours on. That is not true. Thank you for trying to make it me the bad guy. You are the bad but guy. But you are not wearing yours. Um, it's on the counter downstairs. Yeah, I put lotion on my hands, and so I took it off. Why do you need lotion underneath that tiny strip? Because lotion gets everywhere when I'm putting it on my hands, and yeah. it will get in the grooves of the ring. In Inside the ring. Okay, that makes sense. Because mine has no grooves. I bet you don't really put lotion on your hands. Like, either. when I play music... Mm-hmm. My ring doesn't even get into it at all. Has no groove. Oh, that's really dumb. Anyway, welcome back to the show. It's been two weeks for us, hasn't it? It has. Or at least, no, it's been one week. Because we did two shows at one time, and I was gone all last week. So it's been two weeks since we did a show. No, it's been one week. I'm so confused. We did two shows, then Mm -hmm. we skipped a week, and now we're back. It's only been one week. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Account it. CPA, every now and then. No, I'm saying it's physically been two weeks. It's not been two weeks for the listeners. Well, they they didn't even notice. They wouldn't even know. I know. I'm so confused right now. Me too. Anyway, welcome back, people. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, let's let's do some weekly update stuff. I've been gone all week. Where have you been? I've been here all week mostly. I went to St. Louis. I went to St. Mary's. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as we're getting our saints in. That's right. I can tell you as much about St. Louis as you can tell me about St. Mary's. I could probably tell you more about St. Mary's. No, I'm talking about the actual saints that they're named after. Oh, apparently. I thought you meant the cities themselves. Yeah. No, I can't tell you anything about St. Louis other than they have this big arch that I didn't that I was like five feet from and never saw. I mean, like never went over to. I thought about it. You should have. Should have. And they have any... a zoo with penguins. Do they? Yeah, we, we went, went there. there. That's right. Yes. They have penguins. Penguins. But uh, so you went to visit family this weekend. Mm-hmm. I went to St. Louis for a conference, a children's ministry conference. That's very cool. 
I got to interview a lot of great people for the uh, other podcast that I do. Nobody's listening? No. Children's Ministry Monthly at cmmonthly.com. Oh, that one. Yeah. And I I put uh, a couple of those interviews together into a show that I published uh, just this past weekend on the 7th. Very cool. did that while I was gone. But um, matter of fact, me being gone is is uh, central to our main topic today that we're going to be calling Home Alone with Children, talking about uh, tips and ideas for people who maybe one spouse, typically the husband, travels a lot and the wife is left at home with the kids and suddenly finds herself in a place that maybe she's not real crazy about, stuck with kids and no spouse for support and help mm-hmm. and protection. That was me. No protection. That's right. But I, I felt better in this apartment because we're on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of doors downstairs. Like the, peop- the doors where the people uh, live. So, 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 so the statistical chances of choosing <laughs> our doors wasn't very good. What so. if there were as many bad guys as there are doors? Do you think they would all go into separate apartments? I do. I do. I or think, should they go in as a group so they could take on whoever's in there so there would be four bad guys going into well, one apartment? Uh, t- technically, if I were a band of bad guys breaking into this apartment, I would leave a few outside to watch for other apartmento people. Mm. Yeah. So you could take them down? I think that'd be wise. Well, and then the other problem with this apartment is we're on the back side of the building, so it would really be more convenient. It's private. To what? It's more private. Oh, I thought you were saying that was private it's information. It's private that we're on the back of the building. <laughs> Don't tell anyone that knows where we live. Hmm. Yeah. No, um, it, it, this, is, this would be a- advantageous to mm-hmm. the bad guys to break in on this side. Yeah, but to carry the stuff they'd have to walk around, that would be a pain. Oh, so they're not here to kill you. They were just here to steal your stuff. Well, that's all they ever do in houses. It's just if you're asleep and they're stealing your stuff and you wake up, they will kill you if, if you oh, bother them. See, That's okay. always the problem. I was never scared as a child or as a youth about people coming in and stealing my things. I was scared of killers. But I didn't think they'd want to kill me. I just thought they'd want to steal. Because why else would they bother? You're so rational with your irrational <laughs> anality. I think, no, I think that's a good thing and a really crazy thing all at the same time. <laughs> Well, I think of these things. Like, if it's raining really hard, then Mm -hmm. I figure I'm pretty dang safe. Because that's a big old pain to try to steal in the rain. Can you tell that Jen lived in the (laughs) inner city for a year? (laughs) A lot of the the practicalities of theft have become reality to you. It is true. If it's really cold, nobody's out. Crime crime rates drop. Yeah. Same when it's raining. Mm -hmm. So Jen's up here trying to scare herself, but... Her common sense is kicking in from mm-hmm. a year of inner city living. Yeah. And she's like, no, they're not these mythical bad guys that just can break in through solid walls. They have they have feelings just like everyone else. Yeah, and they don't like to get wet. And when they feel cold or wet, they're not coming around here. Mm-mm. What in the world is that? It's like a <sighs> giant motorcycle just went by. What do you think that was? It you, scared me to death like there was some a plane bearing down on our house. I a, didn't know. It was a bad guy with a chainsaw. Uh, I don't think that He's matters. listening live, and he's like, those are all very good points. I'm going to break into this one. Yeah, that sounds good. They're on the second floor. Nobody will hear me. No, I always felt like that with hotels, too, that if you're on the second floor of a hotel, it's just, just not as likely hmm. for you to be bothered. I wonder what the statistics are, because I think that 
is based as, as on as much information as the dingo theory <laughs> from a few shows back. If you're if you're new to the show, Jen had a theory that there were more dogs than people on the earth. Mm-hmm. And then when I was able to challenge her on that, she started changing the rules a little bit and adding dingoes. Well, see, I still contend that dingoes are uncounted, and <laughs> I might still win. There's like piles of them <laughs> just piled up. Well, nobody's counting the dingoes. Let's just put that out there, okay? Yeah. Do you admit that? No, I don't. Why not? <laughs> There are dingo counters. <laughs> no, there's not. There's people with we're gonna nothing ask, else to do. We're going to ask Dean. Dean Piercy, he knows. He uh, lives in Australia. Okay. Speaking of Dean Piercy, this episode is brought to you in part by GoToMeeting. If, uh, if you aren't using a web conferencing tool or if the service you're using is clunky, use my first choice, GoToMeeting. GoToMeeting is the easiest to use. Turn a call into an instant online meeting in just one click. It's affordable. As many meetings as you want for just $49 a month. Hundreds if you want them. It's the most secure. Substantially reduce meeting-related expenses. You can reduce overhead related to meeting materials. Have you thought about that? Why would you need to copy a bunch of stuff if you're showing everybody the document that you created right there on your computer? And with voice over IP included, call in via the phone or your computer. Okay, here it is. You can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, but you must visit GoToMeeting slash podcast. That's GoToMeeting.com slash podcast for your free 30-day trial. Check it out. Help your business out. GoToMeeting. Hey, we're also brought to you by Dean Piercy. See. Yeah. And um, so thanks, Dean. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate your help. And Dean, my wife still contends... That there could be more dogs and people, if you count it's, the dingoes. It's not even close. There's like 30 million dogs or something, and there's billions of people. Yeah, but when we said people, were we really talking about the entire Earth population or maybe just people in America? Okay. Are there more people in America than dogs in the whole world? Okay. <laughs> no. This is, this is awesome <laughs> conversation. Um, what? So anyway, anything great happened this week, though? Like anything memorable while I was gone? Anything cool happen? Um, I, I while you're thinking, mm-hmm. wasting these people's time. Uh huh. Um, I loved coming home on the plane. I didn't like the plane ride, but I loved coming out of the terminal and seeing you guys. Yeah, we were there waiting for you and the the kids. You're, you're like, here's daddy. And Jenna's stuck behind a bunch of chairs. <laughs> she is. They she, were playing back there. She like dashes three different directions, mm-hmm. finally finds an exit. Uh-huh. And I'm running towards her and she just throws herself at me. And I hear the boy. He's he's, he's about right 15 her. steps <laughs> behind her. And I'm like, where's my boy? And oh, he was just, oh. He was thrilled. Yep. He so was, was she. They were both uh, very, very like magnets. Mm-hmm. Very like them. So that was awesome. I saw people smiling. Really? Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. They weren't cute necessarily. The people. Yeah. But the smiling was They were nice. pedophiles, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Every Everybody in St. Pete and Tampa. Everybody in the airport. I'm very suspicious of airport people. Yeah. The guy that took my luggage, mm-hmm. he looked like a street thug. He's a, he's a white dude, short, speckly hair. 
What do you mean? This was in St. Louis. In St. Louis, when I dropped off my luggage, oh, uh-huh. I was like, if if he looked spiffy because he had a uniform on, but I'm like, you don't wear a uniform on your day to day life. Mm-hmm. You're a street thug, mm-hmm. and this is just your day job. And you know, you you he looked he looked like that guy they called Teabag on uh, mm. what was that movie? That was uh, Prison Break. Prison Break, the yeah. TV. He kind of looked like that, that scruffy. Mm. You could tell he's lived on the streets. Mm-hmm. He's probably eating a dog. Was he a bag handler? Yeah. Okay. But he was government-owned. I mean, government uh, part, you know, where they would take your big bag and put it through a machine. Well, that means he's been background screened. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You can't work at an airport if you haven't been oh, okay. background screened. But th- that just means he's really smart. Yeah, he's And hasn't been caught. He doesn't have caught. a record yet. I don't know what I was worried about. What was he going to steal your underwear? Maybe. <laughs> Hadn't even thought of that. That's gross. No, I'm just saying. Street thugs stealing men's underwear? I'm just saying. What, what did you twisted have, world do you live in? What did you have to worry about? You weren't giving him I had I had a Miss Patty Cake DVD in there. Uh-huh. I'm sure I had a Jeff been. Deo CD that I got I know. you. Oh, I really enjoyed that. See, that's what I wanted your weekly update to be is my husband loves me so much he got us all gifts. That was really nice. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, I, can we redo the weekly update? Yeah, Jen, do you have any weekly updates? Yeah, I got the most awesome gift from my husband. Really? What is it? A Jeff Deo CD. Really? Okay, here's the funny part about that is he mm-hmm. was at this conference, okay? Mm-hmm. Jeff Deo, he's he's a musician guy, okay? Christian worship leader type person. Got some pretty good songs. And uh, he comes out on the, uh, on the stage and he's like, hey, hey, I'm Jeff Deo. I'm like, what? What? I think everybody in the room went, what? Because he said his name wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I found his manager. I ain't even lying. I found his manager and I said, you need to tell Mr. Deo that he says his name wrong. Because everybody, all of us have gotten together and, and we say Deo. And, and he goes, he looks at me, or actually she, she looks at me and she says, so you want me to tell him that he says his own name wrong? <laughs> so it's Dio? Yeah. Jeff Dio? Jeff Dio. He would sell more C- CDs if his name was Jeff Deo. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, that's what every DJ has ever said. That's the only way I've ever heard it pronounced. That's weird. You know? And so, yeah, but Dio. he says Dio. Dio sounds like Dino. I mean, when you're an entertainer, you just need to bow to the whims of the public. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Miley Cyrus. Yeah. yeah. She just changed her name. Yeah. And, and if, if I become famous and you guys start calling me James Poop and Scoop... I'm not going to correct you and say, yeah. you know, actually, it's Kennison. <laughs> You're just going to go with I'm it. I'm going to go. I'm Mr. Poop and Scoop. Mm. Only if you become famous. Only so. if I become famous as James mm. Poop and Scoop. Yeah, somehow I doubt that, but It we'll could see. happen. I could become a famous poop scooper. You could. Mr. Poop and Scoop. Call mm-hmm. me. Call me. I'll Are call you up it. to your ears and dog crap? Mm. Call Mr. Poop and Scoop. Mm-hmm. That's, you don't have a business, so. But if I did. That's mm-hmm. how I'd become famous. I'd be a famous poop scooper. Um, That's the, really the only chance I ever have, truly, truly, and really, in reality. Of having a job is to be a poop scooper? No, being famous. Oh, okay. What? I have a job, lady. <laughs> I know that, but We're going to get saying. divorced on this show. Uh, Let's move into our main topic. Divorce I, <laughs> over poop and scoop. <laughs> I left you. Speaking of divorce, I left you last Monday, and I I show back up this Monday. I know. And so for seven days, you and the two badnesses were home alone. We were. 
How um, did you do it? What got you through? Because uh, just to cheat a little bit, the reason we're doing it on the show is Jen did really good. The report is that things went great. It was the first time probably she hasn't lost her mind and ha- and she hasn't been a total wreck when I got home. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really said, you know what, let's do a show tonight uh, and let's talk to the people about how you did it. Because we've apparently stumbled upon something. Yeah, either that or it just was a weird week. Yeah, a lot of I didn't notice that the Nyquil bottle was empty. Yeah, so. if you just keep giving them drugs over and over, they really don't give you any problems. <laughs> Not at all. I'm like, can I have some more candy? Liquid candy. <laughs> all right, so so just just pour out your heart, Jen. Okay. To it's, the people, it's pretty short. Okay. Um, the things that I did different this time, I can start there. Um, first of all, you told me to not let them run run all over me. That's right, because they do sometimes. I did realize that a lot of times when you go out of town, I get very lax about my discipline with them because I'm tired and I just I don't have the energy or I, I don't want to. And what happens? Come down hard because on of that. Them. They act terrible. And Absolutely then what do you terrible. do? And then I eventually lose it. Yeah. And yell at them. Uh, but first, she calls me. Mm-hmm. You never tell us something about cuss words. I never say cuss words. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So what I did this time is I kind of did the opposite, and I was actually a little stricter with them to make sure they kind of stayed in line. And it worked out really good. It kept me from hitting that level of extreme frustration. Yeah. Because uh, there's a cycle we go through sometimes, and, and you said it. Uh and and in all honesty, I mean, Jen's a great disciplinarian, but I, I help her, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm the we're like the good cop bad cop, mm-hmm. and anybody that has kids, you can understand that if you have a spouse, there's typically one that's a little softer than the other. Um, neither one of us are trying to win their trust or anything like that. We're mm-hmm. both they both they know they can't do anything bad around either one of us. There's not mm-hmm. one they can get it away with. But but I'm there to balance her and help her out and then vice versa. And so when I'm gone, um, typically, yeah, she she um, finds that she doesn't have that. It gets, the kids act bad. She gets very, very frustrated and then ends up um, kind of not despising them, but just, you know, can't, can't deal with them. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they're just being just so bad. Getting extraordinarily frustrated. So, so you're saying this time. Yeah, I just I just didn't. You know, as soon as issue started, I, you know, stepped right in. You and just overreacted. Overreacted. Just, here's a firecracker. Yeah. I'm going to light it on your yep. closed fist. Uh, no. No. What did you do? Give me an example. What's the first bad thing? Who who was the baddest uh, first? But that was a whole week ago. You um, remember? Not really. I'm guessing it was the boy. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't remember what I did with them though. Did you throw them out the window? No. To give them to the bad guys outside. It's just a trying matter to figure of out which door to go in. Of a yeah. <laughs> I'll post hey, a officer, sign. Officer, not, officer, not there's some door. bad guys out there. <laughs> they're kind of they got their fingers up to their lips like they're thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing? Come get them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what what'd you do? I um, want a story. But I don't have a story of, on about that. any any instance of badness. Um, I want to hear them if you can't tell these people. But last night, Jenna lost her mind. Why? Because she was really tired. Oh, because you had gone and visited family and drove mm-hmm. back yesterday, and she was back, and she was tired, and she just 
she... She does. She loses her mind when she's very tired. She just couldn't even function. And when she plays with her cousins, yep, she uses every bit of energy she has. And she's always the first one up. She's probably the last one to sleep. Ugh. She's crazy. All right, so what else? What other, what other tips do you have since um, that's a dry well? Oh, my gosh. I love you. Anyway, um, the another one is um, keeping them busy. I realized, like, if I had the whole evening ahead of me, I took them to the store or I took them outside to do something or I just tried to make sure to fill the time. Cool. Um, because that's that's when I really get frustrated, too, if there's just a lot of time where they don't have anything they, you know, structured to do and we're all just kind of home. And that's when I get tired is when I sit still. So I just, What kind of stuff did you do with them? Um, I mean, the store we, to go get more NyQuil? Yeah, exactly. What kind of store did you go to? We went to Publix one of the days. Ooh. It was an exciting time. <laughs> Here's some pineapples. think what we did. We went to church the one night. Mm-hmm. Jenna was supposed to go over a friend's house the one night, but then Dunder came down with a fever, and mm. that all fell apart. That was kind of a tough night. Um, uh, the other thing I figured out is I... Um, kind of goes hand in hand with that with keeping them busy is I really relaxed my TV um, strictness. I usually don't let them watch more than a show or two. Yeah, I, I want to broaden that a little bit. She she told me she relaxed her standards just a little bit. Not her convictions about her parenting mm-hmm. style no. or any of that kind of stuff. But Jen's got these unwritten rules in her head about our kids and how much TV they should watch, how much playtime they have, um, how much time they spend jumping on their father, things like that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I really thought it was huge that she she backed off a little bit and let them. You know, it was a different time. It was a different. You know, mm-hmm. things were different. Yeah, and I you get, let them. You let them do a little bit more stuff you normally wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. And it helped a lot because you know I don't I don't didn't have the breaks that I have when you're here. Now I wouldn't have let them watch RoboCop over and over and oh over. Oh my gosh, it's a lot more violent than I remember it being in high mm-hmm. school. But we yeah. don't even own that movie. I mean, even RoboCop babies was a great animated <laughs> series, but yeah. their imaginations were very deadly. <sighs> and um trying to think what, what else I did that was different. Oh, just um just planning to have um I had two breaks because um you know I usually work with you on Tuesday and Friday and I went ahead and still took them um took the boy to daycare that day, mm-hmm. those two days. And I actually ended up working half day at the church, and then the rest of the day... Yeah, you said you worked 10 hours last week? Yeah, 10 hours between the two days. Wow. Or no, maybe it wasn't quite that much, but it was maybe only six or seven. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I used some of that time to uh, run some errands, do a little bit of shopping, just stuff that would have been really difficult so to do with the kids. So you got some breaks. Yeah. So, so even, even stay-at-home moms that, that, um, that don't do child care at all or, or whatever... You, you might suggest to them that they build in some breaks mm-hmm. when yeah. their husband's not going to be there. See if they can schedule a babysitter or schedule a, a you know grandparent or somebody to watch them for a night. Or, or a bad guy. Or a bad guy if they'll watch them responsibly. But, yeah, people have family. You know, we're about mm-hmm. the only ones that don't. But, yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah, and that just makes sense. I think so many times moms, I know you're this way, and you're, you have been, you get this idea of what the ideal perfect mom would be. That's mm-hmm. your goal. Yeah. And anything less than that, you can't do it. So shooting for that goal 
you, you, you get so frustrated you can't do anything. Yeah. And so I really appreciate the fact that you, I mean, that same drive is what got you where you are today. I mean, you, you the valedictorian thing, CPA exam thing, marrying the awesome guy that you married. I mean, I those did. kind of things took drive. It did. They did. You had to work hard. Yeah. I mean, not Mm -hmm. everybody gets to marry me. Only one. (laughs) Only one gets to pick you. And it's you. I know. I'm so lucky. So awesome. And, um, and so, but, but in the parenting world, it's weird. It doesn't, you know, those standards have to be flexible. I never, I always think there's no reason to pay a babysitter unless we're both going to be out, you know, unless we're going on a date or it just has to be a really big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, but I definitely think in these situations, if, if you're by yourself all week, the idea of never having a break and, you know, not even being able to run to the store. I mean, even if you didn't help, if you're just here at night, you know, it's like I could run out and do something without the kids. And drive you to drinking, that kind of thinking. Yeah, that's right. A bunch of Merle Haggard songs and Mm -hmm. all my exes live in Texas. I mean, you'd be depressed. Yeah. It's terrible. Terrible. So, t- recap on the tips. Oh, the other thing I did. Um, or not. <laughs> I Go I'll ahead. Recap. Keep adding stuff. It's um, fine. It makes for a better show. No. I'll just shut up. The other thing I did was I went and visited my family for the weekend, That's so I right. wasn't alone all weekend. There you but, go. Yeah, so make lots of plans. Yeah. You did good. I, I just want to say. But proud, I, And I made proud. the... I made the plans ahead of time, too, because you can never think of such things. In the heat of the moment there, right. kids screaming. Mm-hmm. And, and to her credit, you know, the kids weren't necessarily great. No. Every time I'd call, I would do this. Uh, hey, babe, how are the kids treating you? <laughs> That's, I mean, seriously, uh-huh. is that what I asked you or not? Yeah. Every single time. Hey, how are the kids treating you? Because I was scared. I was scared to death. And it was an awesome gift, not only to you, but to me. That I was able to go away and do this conference, and I and though I was concerned, I wasn't. It robs me of any kind of benefit when I know that me going away kills you, mm-hmm. and it didn't this time. No, it so went that really was smoothly. that was a gift to me. I appreciate that. It was well, huge because I got to go not only the conference. I went back to Kansas City. I got to uh, hang out with my sister and her husband. Mm-hmm. And I got to go to our old church and say hi to everybody and meet up with some old friends and stuff. It was just really cool. That is very and, cool. Um, I wish I was there with you. I worked hard. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, everybody was really upset that you weren't there because they're like, oh, my gosh, Pastor James, hi, how are you? Is your family here? Where are your and, kids? And I said, no, they're not. And they, and they just walked away. And I'm like, eh. No, they didn't even say, ah, they just turned around and walked away. Really? Totally, like, I just va- va- evaporated. Wow. Like, I turned to steam vapor. Wow. Vapor steam. And, like, without your family, you're not worth I, my time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Immediately, I disappeared. Hmm. It was, like, a different realm. Wow. That was terrible. And I was like, Mom, <laughs> don't act like that. No. It's funny. So, Home Alone. Let's recap the steps, unless you okay. have anything else to add. First one is you said you took my advice. Imagine that. I know. Once in a while, you have good some good stuff. Yeah. Um, and and you, you cracked down. You toughened up your discipline. Mm-hmm. You didn't take any crap from them at all. Right. Um, you relaxed, though, on the other hand, some of... Um, and we're maybe doing them out of order, but I like the balance of... And, and weaken. Oh, and I also relaxed my dinner standards too. Oh, really? Yeah. Kibbles and bits. 
ice cream. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I'm not that really. No, I just tried to plan very, very easy meals. Mm. Like I Easy bought... to eat or easy to make or both? Both. Okay. Well, I don't know if they were easy to eat. Well, meaning Jenna, dinner's a struggle with preschoolers. Oh, yeah. No, no. They were very... Good. Like, well, I think they had spaghetti and one night mac yeah. and cheese. It and didn't then... make sense to set yourself up for a fight when you don't have both no. members of your team. No. And, um... And that was actually kind of a break for me because I didn't cook except for the week that day I did spaghetti. Okay, so you're relaxing things. So you toughened up some things. You kept yourself busy. You had lots of stuff to do. You mm-hmm. went and visited family. You took breaks, a couple of them, and you got to go out and mm-hmm. do errands and work a little bit. And uh, that made for a successful week, eh? It did. Yeah, and, and what I was saying is the kids were bad. Every time I'd call, I would say how the kid's treating you, but I'd hear the boy in the background, Brah! Yeah, because that's just time. what he does. He screams constantly. He's always unhappy about things. I think it's politics, but he just can't communicate. <laughs> yeah, because he's got to be a genius. You know, stuff white white people uh-huh. like all kids. hundred gen- percent of their kids are gifted. Genius. They're gifted. gifted. Yes. he is gifted. He just can't communicate. He's got so many great ideas roving around his head. He's frustrated. That's why yeah. he's screaming. He can't deal with the normal, you know, mode of nah. speaking. That's why he hits his sister. He's too smart to talk. That's probably the most inaccurate statement of all time, but I like the way it sounds. Talking is just too too easy. He communicates telepathically. Yes. He's just he's like an alien child. It's truer than we know. That boy's got a big head. That's one thing I noticed when he come running at me. Uh-huh. I'm surprised he didn't fall over and just like an upside down weeble wobble. His legs sticking up in the air like a Thank beach goodness. turtle. He can't turn over like a sheep that's falling down, kicking his legs. Thank My sheep fell cute. over. Come over here, David. You know, like that early mm-hmm. VeggieTales video. My sheep fell over too. I mean, it's amazing to me that the boy. It's still, we have that one. Yeah. The boy just, oh, he's got a big old head. He does, but he's When I lay him cute. down in the crib, you know, you kind of lay him down mm-hmm. flat. I always had to put extra support. On the head. Yeah, so I don't just drop him straight over like he doesn't slide out. I blame you for that big head. Oh, my gosh. And if he hits you with that head by accident, oh, my oh, gosh. He hits it, it on everything. <laughs> There's like a full-on raid There's going on outside. There's probably something else going on. I know. We're living on, we live on a dead-end street, and there's always coppers blocking off our street. It's like... Well, we live across the highway from some pretty pretty dicey areas. Yeah, so. but but there's two gated communities at the end of this dead-end street, and there's always a cop car. He's like, yeah, if he comes down here. I, I guess him. it's a good place to trap people, though, if you didn't know. It really is. Cause if, if you were <laughs> stupid enough not to take the highway on-ramp that's right there. <laughs> well, a lot of times they're trying to trap people on foot. And oh. if you're on foot, it's it'd be a pain to it try to scale the... Especially with one foot. Yeah. If you're on feet now, you might have a chance. Uh, <laughs> you're so Dumb. Oh, do we have a product review this week? Did you try any new stuff? Yes. What did you try? Um, Scope Outlast. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I yes. forgot. Okay. You tried it as well. Scope Outlast. Okay. It sounds so awesome. It comes in a great looking bottle. It does. Have you it's seen it? It looks like a cool looks bottle. like if you rubbed it, Genie would pop mm-hmm. out. The I Dream of Genie Genie. Mm-hmm. That's the shape. And it's green and minty. It has a great new logo. Outlast. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So um, we tried it. Uh-huh. And um, what, first of all, it says, what, what does it claim on the outside of the bottle? Well, if you read the fine print, it, it claims No, that, what does it claim? Don't, oh, do, don't tell it out of order. Last five times longer. Okay, it says outlast. 
It lasts five times longer, and, and or freshens breath five times longer. Yeah, and of like course that. they they want you to believe, and I did, that it was five times longer than its previous incarnation. Yeah. Thus, the outlast, the regular scope. So, Jen, um, go ahead and tell us the fine print now. It says five times longer than brushing your teeth. Gee. Which I think most... Um, Mouthwashes. Yeah, pretty much do that. Yeah, so there's the first hint. Um, Although so, I do have to say I used it today, and I did notice it was some sort of weird tingling. That's what I'm saying. For a long time, but I don't know that it meant my breath was fresher. And that's that's the whole thing. Guys, uh, I've used it, Jenna's used it, and the only thing I could say that's different about it is they've added something to it that makes your mouth feel minty feel but i don't know if it actually tastes exactly minty. like if i breathed on you yeah i, don't know I think it would. it would probably taste and smell like a wax crayon mm. like a silver one specifically why silver i don't know because that tingly has to have some sort of oh. fairy dust in it um but yeah i it's like the same tingle that you've in some of that gum that claims to make your mouth cold when you mm-hmm. eat it, you know, and then it goes away real quick. It's that kind of feeling. Or it's also kind of the feeling when the, when the Novocaine's wearing off your mouth after the dentist. No, you don't think so? Uh-uh. Okay. I'm, I'm not with you on that. Most of the time we agree. I, I really took offense to that. <laughs> Today we don't. It's nothing like that because... <sighs> uh, sorry. No, it's, I will redo the show. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, so uh, our, our final verdict is what? Well, I like scope. Did it cost any more? I don't think. It was like $3, and I think that's how much regular scope costs. It should cost costs. five times more than brushing alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like scope compared to, like, Listerine. Oh, yeah, Listerine. Listerine, it's like it's... It's like Satan spit in a bucket. Yeah, exactly. That's, and you put that in your mouth, it burns like hellfire. It's like it's, it's like it's peeling the skin out of your mouth. Yeah, you don't need germs it. because your blood will drain it all away. <laughs> yeah. The blood that is coming after your skin peels off. And then the, the Listerine taste isn't very good even after it's all the pain. It's named Listerine. It's over, yeah. Lister. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds a lot like blister. Mm-hmm. And reen? And it feels like a blister when it's in your mouth. Exactly. So. It's blistering. Blistering. <laughs> Blister, it's blistering my mouth. Blistering. Um, so I like the taste of scope. Yeah. Um, I don't I, like the name scope. I think the bottle's really cool. Sounds I really like it. like something being it. shoved down your throat. Mm, scoping out your guts. Mm. But anyway, um, the bottle's great. And I feel like we're kind of hip with the bottle. Yeah. You know, the bottle makes our bathroom look hip. It does, because all the people that come through our bathroom. <laughs> they would be like, why is it so messy? I like the logo. Outlast. Yeah. Sounds so great. And I feel like I'm... I'm really taking care of my breath keeping it fresh it is it's i really don't you know in actuality i'm probably not but at least i feel like not any more than normal scope yeah that's true so there's our review guys i don't know i don't know you know use it if you want to but don't expect it to do anything but make your mouth feel funky it is kind of funky after a while and and i have a problem with funky taste because if you ever brush your teeth and then eaten a cheese cracker yeah yeah it's just gross Try drinking coffee after brushing your teeth. No. Don't suggest that to the listeners. It's gross, people. Oh, I thought you were making like a legitimate try this. No. Okay. Um, But yeah, don't. And it's gross. So the the Outlast makes that flavor last longer. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have less opportunity. It might be a great way to diet now that I'm thinking about it. 
Yeah, that might make be. all your food taste nasty. Mm-hmm. So, just don't use Listerine. This is like a two for one review. Yeah. Listerine is devil spit. Yeah, it is. And out, uh, scope outlast is is five times longer than brushing. But you do end up with fresh. How long breath. does brushing last? Like a second? I no, don't know. I would think it lasts longer than that. A minute. I mean, your breath doesn't stank. Okay. Uh huh. So, how long does your breath not stank after after you brush your I teeth? I don't think it's very long. Really? Maybe like fifteen minutes. Are you serious? I'm serious. It's not very long. So five times fifteen minutes. That'd be seventy five minutes, I think. It's going to be an hour because there's four. Yeah, and then, seventy-five minutes. An yeah. hour fifteen. Yeah, that was quick. You, you had that quick. I don't think it lasts an hour and fifteen minutes. I don't think so either. I think outlast is a li- outright lie. It could be. Because how do you how do you measure how long fresh breath lasts? Well, anyway? you don't even want to know. I've seen pictures of people checking armpits and stuff. So there are people somewhere that are paid to have people breathe their funky breath on them. Mm. And there's a control group that just had to swish with water. So you can say all those people have stinky breath. Yeah. It's pretty much by default. Your and breath so is nasty. the last guy mm-hmm. that had breath on him and he didn't pass out, they asked him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 72 minutes, guys, and I'm good. Well, I don't think the F- That's five times as long. I don't think the FDA has to, like, approve that. But they, they get their, their figures from somewhere. Where do you think they get them from? Arbitrarily? From dingoes, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe they ask a dingo. No, I mean, I'm sure there's... I'm nobody's sure counting it's... dingoes, so who, the same governing body could be just making up numbers. You oh. are. <laughs> I am not. I'm sure it's not just an out-and-out lie, but I don't know that it's that scientific. Wow. Really? That sounds so moderate of you. It's really? not a lie. It's just not necessarily well, the you, truth. You know I am a moderate. Really? I think I Let's am. Let's just go political on this show and lose because, all our listeners. Because I had a big old um, discussion about... With your dad? No. Any, okay, I was about to say, dad, any discussion with your dad doesn't my count. My dad would have like lost his mind at this discussion. That guy, your dad had surgery to make himself look more like Rush Limbaugh and mm-hmm. Hannity. Yeah, he did. That's how Republican that boy is. But anyway, who'd you have a discussion oh, with? Oh, no, my sister and my brother. Oh, good Lord. I, well, I can, convinced them that, that they shouldn't get rid of uh, Wick. Oh, like people shouldn't? No, that... that um, Who's they? That the government shouldn't oh, get I rid of... Oh, I thought your sister and brother had a decision to make. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they weren't using Wick. <laughs> yeah, living in the inner city will help you out with some things. But anyway, let's, yeah. let's get off the politics. Sorry. I don't want to shower our emails with hate mail. Hey, uh, I don't think anybody hates Wick. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, I I have a Wick dipper that puts the Wick out in the candle. Do you know what Wick is? Yes, I do. Oh, okay, Jean. thanks, Jean. Um, hey, ask Jen. Okay, dear Jen and James, I have been listening for a while, and I've been trying to get caught up on all the old episodes. I just finished episode fifty-one. You two are a wonderful example of a great marriage. Boo. <laughs> and I love listening to Geek Loves Nerd. You both have great and godly advice on the topics. I especially agree with what was said about living together before marriage and the discussion about homosexuality in episodes 51 and 52. So check those out, peoples. Y'all are so right. And she even put the um, apostrophe in the right place. It's why apostrophe all. Uh, we cannot legislate morality. We can only set an example for the world. I like the hard questions. I think they're very important. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, here's my question for Jen. I'm single, but I hope to get married someday. What about James makes him a great husband? And James, I know you like to answer questions too. So what about Jen makes her a great wife? Thanks. Can't wait to get caught up and hear your responses. Y'all are awesome. Keep podcasting. Ashley McCool. How cool mm, is that last name? That is cool. Dang it, I read that email and I forgot to think about my answer. Oh, so what about me makes me a great husband, oh, Jen? You have tough. to oh. answer. No. I think what you would probably have to say. No, let me talk. Okay, all right. No, my my one thing I, I always say um, to people is that if if the person that you're with makes you want to be a better person and makes you helps you to become a better person that's very good indication that's my answer you stole that from no no that is what i've always said but 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 here's here was going to be my thing i was going to kind of direct you a little bit because she asked what makes me a great husband but you didn't know anything about now then no i didn't so you know how i don't know what what uh i think you were just young and lucky Lucky because I married you? No, lucky. You, you lucked out. That's not the same thing as being lucky. I'll, I'll retract. <laughs> you lucked out because I turned into a good person or a decent person thanks to you. But um, so so I guess I, I get the feeling what she's really asking is how am I going to know a good guy when I see one? And what about me made you think that I had the possibility to be one? I always thought you had a lot of possibilities. Yeah, but there's a lot of women out there that marry men thinking they're going to change them, and they make a lot of mistakes that way. So what set you apart? I like the hard questions. I think they're so important. I hate hard questions. (laughs) No, you know, seriously, all joking aside, I think, you know, you, you had a very strong belief in God, a very grounded belief. Um, You had... You had strong moral convictions. You um, definitely, you know, had because that was one thing we always had in common is we had really talked about a lot of those kind of things. It's true, and really did both um, believe the same things. And so I think that always sat in the back of my mind, like that that you would always make good decisions for the most part. Honestly, I can't be but so stupid. What do you mean? Believe in what I believe. No, I, I, I'm saying that as a positive thing. Oh, I thought you were being flippant. Well, I was, I was, but I was trying mm-hmm. to make a point. Uh-huh. Is a guy with his head screwed on straight can't get but so stupid. Right. If he's going to be stupid. All men are stupid. But there's a mm-hmm. limit yeah. <laughs> when you got your thoughts in straight. But and the, the other thing is I didn't go in, which probably helped me being young, I didn't go in with any of these grand ideas of exactly what I wanted you to be. Mm. You know, it's just... It just, everything just kind of happened, honestly, in the beginning, you know, when we were first married and stuff. Yeah, Jen has said many times she didn't sign on to be a pastor's wife. No, I didn't, that never even occurred to me ever, <laughs> ever in a million years. Uh, okay, my turn. Okay. Um, uh, let's see, what made, what about Jen makes her a great wife? Well, now what makes her a great wife is that she is always learning and growing and and she's become very flexible and and today's show is a lot about that you know she's she used to be very rigid and structured and and that's what got her ahead i kind of said all this before but that's what got her ahead in college and in her career is she stuck to a certain set of rules and she followed them and never let anything get in her way 
and it worked for that. And I think that's what you liked about accounting is it always worked out the same way every time if you did the same thing and you liked that organization, you liked the control. Mm-hmm. But here, my my wonderful wife who loves controlling things and loves organizing and stuff, she was taken from that world and dumped right in the middle of the most chaotic uh. life possible, both where we're moving, my job, the kids, you know, all of this stuff. And it, it really tweaked every single issue she had about life and and control and all these different things and she's just she's come out of it awesomer and awesomer and awesomer i always knew she had it in her uh but all that to say um were you listening though you weren't supposed to hear that anyway oh my gosh um you don't listen to our show uh (laughs) but what about when she was younger she was just really cute you guys have no idea Mm. cutest thing i ever saw in my life it's too bad short little cute girl that I got old. Oh, you look better now mm-hmm. than you did then. Oh, thank you. It's it's that is a weird thing. I see that a lot though, don't you? Yeah. You see these ladies mm-hmm. that are in their forties and, and and they look better at forty than they did in their twenties. Yeah, I and mean, it's mostly because you see like pictures of them in their twenties and looks weird. But it's not just the, the style. style. It's not just the style though. Yeah. Could be I think, just them. I think they just get they get better at being themselves. That's probably true. You know, so I, I look forward to growing old with you because you're going to get hotter and hotter. I somehow doubt that. No, I don't. I'm going to get older and older. I don't know about uh, hotter and hotter. Uh, both and. So, uh, but no, when she was little, when she was young, not little, little. when she was six and I was 10, <laughs> um, I was actually nine. But uh, no, when she was younger, it wasn't just a cute factor. She was really smart, and she was everything I wasn't. She was disciplined. She saved her money. Um, she, she, uh, you know, she, she was just really smart, and, and um, she wasn't like a sissy girl. Like, she would eat in front of you and stuff, but she wasn't, like, macho. You know, like there I was, didn't eat big hamburgers. No, and yeah, and she didn't burp and fart in front of me either. But mm-hmm. she was ladylike, but she didn't wear makeup, and I thought that was really cool because she looked good no matter what, and she just looked better when she wore makeup. She just had a face that could work, you know. And sometimes you see these ladies, and and especially at church, and you see them, and they're like, oh, and then you see them at home, and you're like, oh, and you don't even recognize them because it's like their face is kept somewhere else. It's like that 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 <laughs> that Disney remake, that scary, freaky uh, Wizard of Oz remake where the guys are running around on skates and stuff, and that lady changes out her head. Mm. Have you ever seen that one? No, that oh, sounds really bad. It though. is scary. I saw that on Disney Channel when I was young, when I was like in high school. It scared me. So the the idea is don't wear makeup and then very often. No, no. The point is not many women can look good without it. Mm. You, mm-hmm. you do it. I wear makeup now a lot more often. Yeah, so do I. Oh my gosh. So, Ashley McCool, I hope that answers your question. Hi, Jen and James. I have a question for Jen, but as always, James, I would love your input as well. See, people love me too. They just, they're just no, like, they... I don't care about you, but I know you're going to talk anyway, so here it goes. Oh, yeah. I was going to say they just feel sorry for you. Go they, ahead. They do. Uh, well, I know you guys aren't professionals, but to me, you are. Well, we'll just reiterate, we're not. Well, please send us a check then. <laughs> Fifty dollars <laughs> yeah, an hour. Yeah, you pay professionals. <laughs> Um, the only one that can call us professional would be uh, Dean Piercy. So, mm-hmm. well, this past weekend, my husband was stressing out about something, and he yelled at me. He said to me that if I don't start cleaning up and losing weight, he's going to kick me out of the house by the end of this year. Holy crap. I'm not a sloppy person, but I'm not as neat as I would like. It's kind of hard with two two-year-old running around all the time, me working full-time and going to school. 
I ask him for help, but he tells me not to depend on him. Not really sure what to make of this because these past few years he's acting like nothing even or not, last few days he's acting like nothing ever even happened. Please help Mimi. Jen? Um It's a hard question. The the first thing I would probably say mm-hmm. is um you definitely need to have a follow-up conversation because sometimes things said in the heat of the moment yep. in anger are not really ever meant. They're just what you just are mad and you say the worst thing you can think of for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely need to have a follow-up discussion because you'll go around the rest of, you know, forever thinking that this is like true and not even being able to function because you're so angry or upset or hurt or what all the above. And, um, and the guy side of that is a lot of times with men, if you pester them, and I know it's a terrible word, but that's the way it feels to us. You want to know what's going on inside their head. They like to retreat and deal with things on their own, as we've covered in other other things. And then they, they come out of their cave when they figured it out. But if you if you keep knocking on the door of that cave, they're going to give you something. And they're going to reach down in the deepest, darkest part of their soul. And they're going to pull something out that may not even be something they really believe it's just something to get your attention, to, to to hurt you as bad as you're hurting them, and to get you to leave them alone. They know if you're crying, you'll go away. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. It was a jerky thing to say. He sounds like a jerk. Uh, but I'm assuming, I'm going to assume he's not. Otherwise, you wouldn't even bother trying to ask for help. Um it sounds like to me that, the, that he didn't just out, out and out just come home one day and say that. He was stressed out. There was probably some conversations, some arguments. He didn't want to talk. Um, and then this is what stopped the conversation. I would put money down on the fact that there, there probably wasn't a whole lot of conversating going on after that ultimatum was thrown down. He's frustrated with life. He can't control something out there. So he comes home. And he feels out of control there, so he lays down some sort of big old giant thing that helps him feel like a man again. It's not very good. It's not good at all. It's harmful and hurtful. But uh, the other part of being a man is it's hard for us to back down once we've said something like that. It's hard for us to admit we're sorry or we're stupid. But anyway. Um, I think the other thing, if if I heard the question right too is that she said she has a two-year-old one two-year-old or two kids uh two-year-old i think a two-year-old and she's working full-time and she's in school Mm. and i would say she your life is set up right now to cause a lot of stress to everybody true um i think taking care of a two-year-old is a full-time job you add a full-time job on top of that and then school then you're not there's just too, it's just too stressful. Mm-hmm. And that may be the reaction of the situation. So I think, you know, I personally don't think it's worth it to uh, put yourself through that. I don't, I don't think it's worth it to put your fa- family through that. You know, I'm not saying you should give up everything, but at least really re-examine, do you need to go to school right now? Or do you need to work right now? Right. You know, that's just, you can't, you can't possibly take care of the house, take care of the kids, d- do school and do work. I mean, it's just not possible. So something's suffering in there. And understand everything I'm going to say is assuming that your man is somewhat redeemable or somewhat good. I would hate to think that you married a total slacker. So understand that when I say that the way men are wired, 
and and I'm responding to the part where he says you ask for his help, and he says not to depend on him. If he's a slacker loser, none of this matters. But if he's helped you in the past, um, it just sounds like another frustration thing. If I were to say that, it would be because I would feel like anything I did would not help the situation anyway. Mm-hmm. And it would probably, the connotation I'm seeing is that he's probably thinking not enough is being done by you. And so, therefore, anything he does is just going to be like throwing something in a bottomless pit. He mm-hmm. could work his butt off in his full-time job, come home, work his butt off all day with you and the kid in the house, and things would still be in a, a, a total chaos. It would not help and would not improve the situation. And granted, it sounds like we're putting a lot on her and not enough on him, mm-hmm. but she's the one that asked the question, and we can't offer advice to somebody that doesn't listen to the show. Right. So understand that, too, before you fire off an angry email somebody who's not Mimi. So anything else on that? I think that's about it. Not really sure what to make of it because he's acting like nothing even happened. I, can I address that? I mean, sure. in, in, in the way guys are is we're very good at compartmentalizing things and turning on and off switches in our own head. And we can be mad one second and completely cool the next, depending on who we talk to. I mean, I could have an out-and-out fight with my wife and then hang up the phone and hang out, hang out with somebody or deal with something. And, and there might be some leftovers. You know, some my heart will still be racing or whatever, but I can turn off and on things, and I can decide I don't care about things, and that blows Jen's mind. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wish I could. <laughs> um, so you know, he if he hasn't talked about it in the last few days, and you guys are talking, okay, then it means that he didn't mean any of it, but. It was an ultimatum. You need to sit down and ask him about it. If he doesn't want to talk about it, then you need to say, "Well, when can we?" Mm-hmm. And give him space because you don't want to have another argument. You want to have a conversation. So ask him, and, and you guys need to sit down and come to the table ready to give more than you than you want to demand. Um, talk about what you know. How how does he feel? What what makes him frustrated? What's going on? And and give him space to communicate about it when he wants to. Um, it's just the way it's going to have to be. And be ready to sacrifice. Me and Jen, the last three years have been nothing but sacrifice. And I'm telling you, with with the grace of God, um, you know, a lot of prayer, being willing to sacrifice, 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 and put others above ourselves, we're in a pretty darn good place now. Mm-hmm. That's very so true. It, it, it's always worth it. The one of our old pastors used to say, "You can't outgive God." So no matter what you give up, um, you can always trust that you're going to get more from Him anyway. Mm-hmm. So whatever you think you're sacrificing, it's, it's it's more than worth it. So if school needs to be postponed, if we need a part-time job, you know, if we need to sell the child, yeah. you know. It's all an option. It's all, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, Ian V-Mails, any other thoughts on that before we move on? I don't think so. Okay. I think we addressed it all. This is from Aaron. I love the variety of your shows. I enjoy the depth of the podcast on hope. Yeah, a lot of people like the hope mm-hmm. one. Um, and how your childhood religion affected your faith now. That was a previous episode before that one. Uh, you guys are so down to earth and are what everyone needs to hear about Christians by Christians. Thank you for all you do. Keep up the good work, Aaron. Well, I appreciate that. That wasn't our goal starting out. but And and, and I don't know that I'm a 
example. Jen is. Jen's a great example. Of what? Of Christian. Of a Christian oh. person. What are you an example of? I'm a I'm a I'm, I'm an example of what not to do. <laughs> what not to wear. Yeah, what not to wear. No, um I, I I do appreciate that. It's humbling and, and I I I don't know. I don't know. I, I just know that the way Jen and I treat our faith is I I'll often say I've got my head in the clouds but my feet on the ground. I believe everything just about uh, that uh, some of the most quote-unquote spiritual people would agree with. You know, I believe in angels and demons, and I believe in, in Jesus and God and heaven and the second coming and, you know, salvation and, you know, salvation by grace through faith and all the, all the EBGB stuff that's out there. But at the same time, I root that in reality. And... Uh, I don't get tripped up on a bunch of stuff that doesn't have any bearing on my real life. That's right. And I think that, honestly, is coming from inner city living again and ministering in the inner city. You cut through a bunch of the crap when you when you just are talking about life and death stuff. Mm-hmm. And people are killing themselves and getting shot at and getting run over by cars and, and you know, kids getting molested and, and, and other parents are leaving their kids to go on the boats and, you know, gambling and stuff, that kind of stuff. You, you don't really care about the color of the hymn books in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not worried about what Sister So-and-So is gossiping about because you're, you're working and you're, you're helping people. And thank God for all that. Like yeah. Me and Jen were talking about that the other day. You know, we're starting over at a brand new church. And um, it's been so nice in, in, in a lot of ways because it's like going back and redoing your childhood, but with the knowledge that you gained as an adult. Mm-hmm. We're getting to start over and, and do things better mm-hmm. and right. And, um, and it's because of that, uh, that, all that experience we had. That's it right. really streamlined our, our, our faith. So, yeah, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is from um, Daniel. Daniel says, hey, James and Jen, my girlfriend and I have been dating for about seven months. I'm 22 and a recent college graduate living with my parents and struggling to find a steady job to pay off my school loans. She's a she's 27. That's quite an age gap there. Five years. Five years. That's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a good deal more experience in being independent and taking care of herself, well, yeah, I'd say probably about five years more. We are on an equal level when it comes to spiritual and emotional growth. I would disagree with the emotional part because she's five years older than you, but I know what you're trying to say. And we have both decided 100% that we want to marry each other. I'm ready to commit to loving her for the rest of my life, but I'm afraid that I don't have the means or ability to take care of her financially at this point. I cannot decide how long to wait or if I will ever know when I'm ready. I know uh, neither of us want to wait too long, but I also don't want to be a burden on her because of my lack of life experience or lack of money. I would appreciate any thoughts you have on the matter. I see you two as genuine people who really care about serving God and one another. Thanks for all you've done with the show, Daniel. Jen, do you care to start? Um, I would first of all say it's only been seven months, yep. so there's no big rush. But um, yeah, I, I would say don't even talk about en- or don't even think about engagement or anything until you have a steady job and until you have a plan to yep. pay off debt or have a significant part paid off. Especially if you're living with your parents, you could pay off a lot of stuff quick. And get two jobs or three jobs or whatever you don't, you know, yep. just to, but yeah, don't, I, if you can't have the maturity to, to 
find a job, hold a job, and provide, I would say it's not time to get married yet. Marriage is difficult under perfect circumstances, and it's almost impossible under anything less. What you need to do is make sure you set up your life to win. And that means you can't have a bunch of extra stuff. You're going to have so much fun, and I say that sarcastically, just trying to learn to live with someone else Mm -hmm. um, in a marriage and trying to make it work. Uh, You don't need finances dragging you down. You don't need school loans staring down your neck. And you're right, dude. You do not need to put yourself in a situation where she has to mother you. You need to be the man, and whether it doesn't matter who's making the most money and all that kind of stuff, your wife needs you to be a husband or your future wife. And so if you walk into this thing and and you are living off her salary, I'm sorry, even uh, the most traditional woman in the world is going to look down on you Mm -hmm. because you're not doing everything you're supposed to do, and she's going to feel like you're a burden to her. And, And so... Um, as far as addressing the part about, you know, don't want to wait too long, dude, uh, you do want to wait. You do. If your relationship can't withstand the, the agony of waiting for the right moment, then it, ha- what makes you think that it's going to withstand the agony of trying to make a marriage work? Mm-hmm. Some people have this idea that when you stand in front of a bunch of people and God and make a commitment and you sign a piece of paper that suddenly you're locked into something, it, it's not it, it it's really not that way. It's just more complicated to walk away from it, but people do it all the time. There's mm-hmm. no magic wand that waves over you and makes you more committed. It's a commitment that you made, but it's like prayer uh, for salvation. You can go to the altar and ask God to forgive you and then turn around and do the same crap again. Yeah. You know, you've got to live it out after the prayer. And it's the same with a ceremony. You can have a wedding, but a marriage is a completely different thing. So I would say that I would challenge you on that and, and ask yourself to re- both of you to rethink that, that we've got to wait. We've got to wait for the right time. We want our marriage to be successful. And any advice that I'm giving you that you hate, imagine your daughter asking you the same question that you just asked me and tell me what part you wouldn't give her that I just said. Well, and, and another thing, too, is there seems to be an unsaid rule out there that you need to like be married and, and or thinking about having a baby by the time you're 30. I'm talking about from the girl's mm, point of view, yeah. which might be part of the thing if she's 27. And it really, it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it to push it because you think I've got to hurry right. um, or whatever. Because, you know, I've seen a lot of girls get married, you know, in their 20s and end up divorced after like a year. Yep. Christian girls, girls who, you know, waited and, and did seem to do everything right. The only thing they didn't do right is they didn't, they didn't date long enough. They didn't think hard enough about their decision they just decided that this is a guy god has for me and then just just jumped into yeah let me hit that on because i I love this part they're 20 i mean they've been dating for seven months Mm -hmm. and they are 100 percent sure that they want to marry each other and that scares me i understand what they're trying to say but i really want you guys to think about that even because you've already committed you've already made a commitment Mm mm-hmm and you're not open to the option that you might not be right for each other. That's true. You're not looking at it objectively. Yeah. The other thing is you haven't been together long enough to even know yeah. um, 
if you're, you, you've got to give your relationship a little more time to see if you can withstand some of the more difficult things. Because after the, you know, first few months, uh, the fun stuff kind of, mm-hmm. some of the fun stuff starts to go away because the new is starting it's like to wear driving. Off. You know, driving was fun until you realized your mom just wanted you to get a license so you could drive the other kids around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Marriage is similar to that. It becomes work after a bit. Yeah. But the only time you should be 100% sure you're staying with somebody is after you say, I do. Mm-hmm. Up till then, you if your marriage, if your relationship can't withstand a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Then it ain't. Then it's not a real relationship. Because you've got the to... second that man does something stupid, that it, it's a you know that's a deal breaker. You need to be able to break the deal. But if you're if you've already done this commitment thing, I don't know. That just kind of trips me out that they they're 100 yeah. percent committed. And and, and I. Mm. But I I think most of it, you know, you give it, it say a year and a half. You'll you'll have a lot clearer picture. Yeah. A year from now than here's, you do it here, seven months. Here's what you do in the meantime, though, peoples. You too, if you're 100% sure and you're and you're already thinking this way, go ahead and do marriage counseling. That's that's just a weird suggestion that I have. Hmm. Go ahead and do it. Read the books, sit through it. You don't have a ring, you don't have a date, you don't have a uh you're not engaged. You're just going to go through and you're going to tell the pastor or the minister or whatever church I'm 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 going to go ahead and suggest church type stuff and go through a really good pre-marriage counseling session and and see if that don't slap you upside the head. It's true. It's a good idea. Yeah. There you go. And and the the good, you know, the thing about that too is that those sessions too will will give you a very clear picture of what are some of the things you should be doing to prepare. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And really help you just think Just don't about, read the sex books cuz that'll just frustrate you. Yeah. They're kind of gross anyway. Um, but really, you know, think about the money. And and do remember, money is one of the number one uh, reasons couples argue. Yep. And so... As far as how do you know when you'll be ready or it, will you know when you're ready? Yes and no. Um, but mostly yes. You'll know. You'll yeah. know. You'll have a good sense All the of things peace. that you listed in this email will be taken care of when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And you won't be emailing some people you don't even know, asking them when you know. Right. All right. We didn't exactly know when it was right for us to have a baby. No. We just kind of got bored one day. We decided you wanted to like a year before I did. It's true. But it worked out. Mm -hmm. And marriage-wise, we probably should have waited another year. Yeah, we should have. Because we got married, you know, the summer before her senior year in, in school, in college, not high school. And uh, probably should have waited one more year because it was hard. Mm-hmm. And I can't say we grew from that at all. We just survived it somehow. No, and the whole uh, if if there had been a little more maturity, I think we would have done things a little yeah. differently. Just the other oh, the one more thing about the age difference. I picked on you at the beginning, but I I I'm at a disadvantage, and I'm three years older than her, and she's more mature than I am. Okay, here you are, five years younger than her. Um, you do need to live alone before you get married. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, that's a good idea. We said that in our marriage show. And if you haven't listened to that one, you need to go back and listen to it. What was it called? Your first surviving your first year or whatever. Or I think it was a two part thing that we did, but go back and listen to those. And one of the big things we say is you need to live alone because Mm -hmm. you, you, you're not, you're going to go straight from mama to this, this lady who's five years older than you has experience. And she will be more than happy to take care of you until she starts to despise you. 
Yeah, until she starts to feel like your mother. Yeah, she wants to cool. be taken care of, too. Mm-hmm. It's mutual, not one way. So anyway, good luck. Good luck. Um, Keith says this. Keith Techlitz. He's the technical chicklets guy. That's what I call him because his last name is so techy and chicklety. Techlets. Mm. Uh, I just listened to your fireproof episode. I have to make one jealous little comment. This is my favorite email of the week. <laughs> it's awesome that you and Jen are still discovering things about each other. I'm referring to the comment about Jen's addicting laugh. That uh, being that being the reason you're always trying to make her laugh and her not knowing it even after 13 plus years of the two of you being together, it just blew me away. I hope that my soon to be wife and I will have the experiences, will have experiences like that in the future as well. Thanks, Jen and James. I love the show. Keith Taglitz. I thought that was awesome. That is very cool. And, and I love that because if our show made Keith think 13 years in the future, mm-hmm. that's huge. Because how many people don't even think a year in the future with their marriage? That's true. <laughs> They're not in it for the long haul. They so. wonder. <laughs> Sorry. Are you allergic to Keith Techlitz? I am. They wonder if they'll make it to uh, the, the people show up to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you can survive yeah. your engagement, you got a pretty uh, good chance. Lord. All right. Well, I guess that's about it for today. Mm. You ready to go to bed, Jen? You look a little peaked. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, it has. It says. You deserve a good sleep, so let's go ahead and wrap up the show. That's uh, it's episode 71 in the can. Check us out on the website. In the can? What? In the can? That's what people say. Oh, okay. Can I finish the show now? <laughs> sorry. Check us out, geeklovesnerd.com. Visit the forums, comment about the show, all that kind of stuff. Send your emails and questions and comments and... And, uh, you know, just pump up our egos. Geeklovesnerd at gmail.com. You can call stuff in. 9203-GLN-GLN. 9203-GLN-GLN. Till next time, uh, Jen, I loved you. I loved you, too. Hey, guys. It's Red Boy. Um, I'm assuming this is your voicemail line. I just said um, you weren't available. So if I'm talking to a different person, they're going to find this a very strange message. Anyway, this is feedback for show 69. Um, you guys podcast too fast or I listen too slow. Um, but Chuck E. Cheese, yes, I believe that is the work of the devil. Um, it's actually a comedian who has a song called Chuck E. Cheese Hell, um, talking about all the wonderful things that is the cheese. Um, and good, uh, and I believe accurate review of Fireproof. Um, it is a little cheesy. Good message, but the cheese factor is definitely there. Um, curious if you guys have seen the invention of lying. Um, I won't provide my feedback here on it, but uh, if you haven't seen it, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts if you have seen it. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Red Boy in the cornfield. Out. <laughs>